say the Premier League is impossible to predict, but this podcast is here to help. We're working with InfoGold to take a look at the numbers for each and every one of the Premier League fixtures this season. If you're looking to find value in the markets, data can be the key. Welcome to Premier League Insights. Well, 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 what a week it's been with the fans on the pitch at Old Trafford and full English. And I'm talking about a full English final in the Champions League. But we're here to talk one thing and one thing only. I'm with Jake Oscarthorpe from InfoGoal for this week's Premier League Insights. Jake, are you well? It's been quite a busy week of football. It's been a busy week, yeah. It's been a good week, though. I thought, I thought both Champions League semi-final second legs were excellent to watch. Really good uh, spectacles, not only for the you know, PSG losing the heads, which was very entertaining. Um, some really tasty tackles flying in after going 2-0 down. Um, and also Real Madrid doing the same, just basically rolling over. I thought Chelsea were excellent. Um, Manchester City v Chelsea in the final is going to be a cracking one. I know they play each other this weekend as well, which um, I'm sure I'm sure Tuchel and Guardiola will be well acquainted anyway, but playing twice in you know the space of a couple of weeks now could be really entertaining. Yeah, it's like a proper dress rehearsal, isn't it? And we'll come on it to is, that, yeah. actually. And um, we'll talk, that's one of our featured games here on the Premier League Insights podcast. Now, as ever, we're going to recap InfoGoal's best best, best bets from last week um, with Jake on game week 34. Now, there was a couple that, I mean, nobody in the world will, would have got right, I'm afraid. Um, maybe if you're a Southampton fan, uh, you might have got that right. But other than that, it was all a little bit, well, I thought we were all right. I thought we were pretty good. Uh, so we'll run through uh, one all, 10-man Southampton um, against Leicester. We were miles off it. We thought high scoring. We thought Ian Acho, um, it was actually low scoring, a, a one-all draw and uh, Johnny Evans. So I'm not sure that many people have backed that, but just the nature of it, isn't it? Um, but things we did get right. I mean, the Scott Parker derby, as we were calling it last week. <laughs> Chelsea 2, Fulham nil. Ziyech started Havertz with both the goals. By the way, he did carry that onto that Champions League semi-final second leg. I thought he really came of age, actually, but we, we digress. Um, it really stamped that authority, as did Chelsea, actually, in that game. You called this right. Value in Chelsea, 1.48, just on the nose, as you said. Um, hopefully. It will have given some of our listeners the edge there as well. Under 2.5 goals, you said as well. Changed my mind that actually, because originally on the face of it, just looking at the fixture, I thought, oh, Chelsea against Fulham, goals galore, 3-0. And actually what you said changed my mind. So hopefully, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you took note and you should know by now to take note of what Jake says based on the info goal model. Um, Nice one, Jake. And um, Everton as well. Everton 1, Villa 2. Absolutely nailed that, buddy. Aside from that being a poor result for Everton, it was a great week for us, this podcast, you and your info goal model. Um, you're absolutely adamant, by the way. <laughs> I've just had a listen back before we came on. You are adamant to not back Everton. Just do not back Everton. I do not fancy Everton. Definitely, you said it about four times. It was quite funny. So if you backed Everton, silly you, because um, <laughs> they were even, I mean, look, they were even money, uh, plus 0.5 on the Asian handicap at 1.9 were Villa. And um, you thoroughly recommended that one. You also used the expected goal stat well there to make a case for Everton being really poor at home. I think you said they've got the 16th best home record 
in the Premier League, which is very disappointing. That result was very disappointing for them. Uh, where else did we have Newcastle nil Arsenal two? Uh, we yeah. said that that was that one didn't yeah. quite go to plan, but it was one where we got the market beat. Uh, we recorded it, and I think they were four point three when we recorded it, and they went off about three point eight. So we we were on the right side of the market. Just uh, obviously Newcastle decided not to show up, uh, and Arsenal played a, a full, fa- fairly fully strength team, which was we were not expecting ahead of that second leg of Europa League. No, you're right. Yeah, uh, Newcastle is down massively. No attacking intent that we had spoken about on the podcast either, which was a little bit of a disappointment. But I think that's probably why um, you perhaps steer clear of Steve Bruce's side. I mean, they were trending in the right direction heading into that game, as you said a lot, actually, Jake. Um, anyway, we'll move swiftly onwards. One of the one caught your eye as well. West Brom on a handicap, which would have come in so. Nice one. Actually, pretty good. Um, and one game that didn't happen due to the Manchester United supporter anti-Glazer protest that put pay to that Liverpool clash at Old Trafford. Uh, so we won't dwell on that too much in terms of the actual protest, but the game will be played next week, played next Thursday. Uh, so we'll go through that on next week's podcast. It does mean, though, that there's three games in five days um, for those sides. So, um, yeah. Anyway, whilst you're here as well, just before we get into game week 35, some great articles on the Pinnacle.com website, Copper America betting preview article, an article on how to bet on the Euros. Also, our own podcast previewing Billy Joe Saunders against Canelo Alvarez, which is on this podcast feed. It's got Ryan Rhodes and John Ryder, two, two men who've actually been in the ring with those two fighters. Uh, giving expert insights, Chris and Tom, our boxing host, so check that out. But anyway, right, without any further ado, let's head on to Game Week 35 of the Premier League Insights podcast. Also as well, just get the InfoGoal model up, infogoal.net and also pinnacle.com. The odds are on there as well, so um, I don't think they'll change too much uh, by the time that you get around to looking at some of those from what we've discussed. But Jake, I'm going to get you to work here now, mate. Saturday, half past 12, a blinder of a game, actually. Well, it's what I'm expecting. You'll probably correct me. Um, Leeds United at home against Spurs at Ellen Road. Spurs won 3-0 at home earlier on this season in this fixture. Um, Spurs are at 6.250 to score three goals again this weekend after Bale's route against the Blades last weekend. So where are our listeners getting the edge this week? Certainly not with Tottenham, I can tell you that straight away. Their, their price to me looks extremely short. They're around even money at the moment um, to get the win at Leeds. Um, it's a Tottenham team that don't really do too well away from home. They actually have a, a negative expected goals process on the road, um, which means that they concede more and better chances than they do create. Um, and also just looking at the raw table, seven wins in 17 away matches is, um, is only the 10th best record in the Premier League. And they're going to Leeds who, you know, over the course of this season, they've not lost to any of the big six teams at Ellen Road so far. They've drawn with all of Man City, Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal and Liverpool at Ellen Road. So they are a tough team to beat there, especially for, for the bigger and better teams. And I think that's, you know, we, we've seen a maturity um, in recent weeks from Leeds. They were gunko in the early parts of the season. In games against big six, they, they were conceding over three expected goals per game on average. Of, re- of late, though, they've really tightened things up a little bit. You know, they've, they've played Chelsea, Liverpool, City and United in the last seven matches. Um, and, you know, I think there's only Manchester City that uh, and Liverpool that managed to score once each against Liverpool uh, against Leeds. Sorry. So they are 
looking a little bit more solid, uh, a little bit more um, astute. I think Bielsa is reining them in a little bit for these types of games. Uh, but they also, you know, they, at home in general, they have a, a really strong XG process. So I'm, I'm very keen to get Leeds on side here. Um, and, and, you know, you're looking at Pinnacle at the moment, you've got Leeds plus 0.5 on the Asian handicap at 1.9, um, which for me is, is a really strong play. I think that you, you look at what the Infocore model's suggesting. Um, we're giving Tottenham a 39% chance of winning this weekend, which, um, you know, even money's around 50%. So you can see the price disparity there that we really do not fancy Tottenham. Um, and, and, you know, that means that Leeds on a double chance, which is effectively the plus 0.5 Asian handicap is, is the way in really. The info goal verdict is to bet under 2.5 goals, 2.360 with Pinnacle. Uh, both teams to score and leads to one on the flip side, if you disagree with that, is 5.6. What looks the best value for you out of those two, Jake? And also, here's a question for you. And I think this is something that I'm probably asking a little bit on behalf of some of the listeners. How much does a new manager or an interim manager, one with very little experience like Ryan Mason coming in. I mean, look, you've got Bielsa against Mason in the dugout. Nobody really foreseen that, I don't think, at the start of the season. Um, how much of a bearing does that have when you're factoring in some of these odds and stuff like that? Or you just got to go on the stats that are available to you? Yeah, so the model does just run off um, off the stats that are available. So, um, yeah, in, in this case, Tottenham's price is calculated based on what we've seen over the course of the season. Yeah. Um, but I will caveat that with the fact that in the two matches that they have played in the league under Ryan Mason, they would struggle past Southampton, needing a late penalty to get a win. Um, and obviously, you know, comfortably beat Sheffield United, as seemingly everyone is doing at the moment, um, at the back end of the season. So... We've got a small sample to work from from Ryan Mason, but over the course of the season, defensively, Spurs have just not been good enough. Um, and in attack, they've not been creating enough clear-cut chances. Um, and I expect that to continue. I, I think that this is, you know, there's some serious faults with that Tottenham team, the way it's built, the way it's set up. Defensively, I think they are, um, you know, very vulnerable. And, and Leeds, although they, they're not scoring as many as they were at the start of the season, they're missing a few key players. I think there's doubts over Rafinha and Calvin Phillips's fitness, but I still more than happily take them on uh, to get at least a point in this game. We saw them play against Chelsea, shut Chelsea down. We saw them do the same to Manchester United at Ellen Road recently. They're more than capable of playing on the counter-attack as they showed at the Etihad, um, where they were extremely clinical, where were the storm. Very fortunate to get a result in that one, but um, in between that, they, they created loads against Liverpool as well at Ellen Road. So there's some really good performances um, in recent memory from Leeds against these so-called bigger teams. Um, and yeah, Ryan Mason's sort of lack of managerial experience just adds to the sort of concerns that we have over Tottenham ahead of this game. And um, yeah, you, you made an interesting point there about the goal line. Uh, if you're not fancying Leeds plus naught on the Asian handicap, I definitely would consider taking under three goals on the Asian line uh, at 1.86. So that effectively means if there's exactly three goals in the game, you get your stake back. If there's uh, one or two goals, you get um, paid out as a, as a nice winner. And I don't see this being overly high scoring, given the fact that, you know, as I said, Leeds are missing a few of their attacking players like Rafinha, who's been excellent this season. Um, and Spurs, you know, they, they could well struggle to create, which we've seen them do plenty of times this season. Nice work. So you've heard all about that from Jake Oscar Thought from Info Goal here on the podcast. Leeds on side, Asian line under three goals there the special little tips from Jake and also on Saturday half past five Manchester City versus Chelsea a dress rehearsal ahead of that Champions League final Manchester City looked awesome 
in their semi-final second leg. But I've got to say, so did Chelsea. They looked good, purely from an aesthetic perspective, actually. And we talk about Tuchel's side, who don't score very many goals, not very free-flowing. But actually, I thought they, they just looked great. They just did everything really well against a Real Madrid side who actually looks a little bit bereft of ideas. But anyway, that was the Champions League. This, of course, is the Premier League insights. So we're going to see how that translates. So Man City, 1.961 to win. A draw is at 3.42. Chelsea, interestingly, were 4.520 before the semi-final. And I think off the back of that performance, Jake, their odds on pinnacle.com have just nudged down slightly, 4.410. So like I said, dress rehearsal for that Champions League final in Istanbul at the end of this month. A City win there would stretch their lead at the top to 16 points. They have played two games more. Um, Info goal, an analyst verdict is bet on Chelsea or draw. Pinnacle has that at 1.512. Am I seeing you nodding there, Jake? Yeah, I think the, the the value certainly doesn't lie with Manchester City for this game. Uh, we've seen what Chelsea have done under Tuchel. They've been so good defensively. Um, I expect that to continue here. Manchester City the same. They've been really, really solid at the back. In fact, um, these two teams have been the best teams defensively from an expected goal standpoint since Tuchel took over. Chelsea allowing just over 0.5 expected goals against per game, which is a staggeringly low number. Uh, and City at 0.74. So these two teams are the best defensive teams. I do think defence will be on top again. We saw that in the FA Cup semi-final. Chelsea obviously won that game 1-0. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a similar outcome either way, whether it be 1-0 Chelsea, 1-0 City. I'm, I'm not expecting too many goals. Um, and it, for me, the, the Infocom model is is saying that Chelsea or the draw is a value bet. Um, I wouldn't put anyone off that. I think that there's, there's absolutely a case for that. Chelsea obviously in, in a a real battle to finish in the top four this season. They're three points clear of West Ham, a, a defeat in this game and a West Ham win um, on Sunday would see um, that gap close and it would be goal difference again going down the home straight with three games left. So <clears throat> avoiding defeat is the minimal requirement, I would say, for Chelsea in this game. And obviously Manchester City win this game, they win the league. Quite an incentive, really. Um, but they, they know that they're going to win the league eventually. It's just a matter of when and not if. Um, so... Yeah. yeah, they've got a bit of breathing room, haven't they? That's the thing for Pep. He, he can he can freewheel it for you know the next couple of games at least, and you'd imagine they're probably going to get over the line at some point. Ideally, it helped actually if Liverpool had beaten United at the weekend. Had that game gone ahead, wouldn't it? Because then it, it, then it would have been done. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, there's that. There's both these two teams. They've got something to play for, and I think that, like you said, it's a dress rehearsal um, and. You know, in in what is it? Two, three weeks time. <laughs> Will this game really be tell us much about what to expect in that Champions League final? I don't think so. But mentally, it could have a big impact. You know, if Manchester City thump Chelsea three 0 in this game, um, then all of a sudden there might be a bit of an inferiority complex for Chelsea in that Champions League final. I mean, I doubt it's going to be the case. But you know, these if Chelsea beat Manchester City, for example, that would mean that Pep's lost twice to Tuchel in the space of a couple of months in you know the FA Cup and the Premier League how would that set up the Champions League final? So I, I think that this is a game that neither will want to lose. So I'm looking at the draw as a potential angle. Um, priced at 3.5. That to me is, is, is the way I'd go in a 1x2. But for the, the best bet, I'm, I'm 
you know, I said it before, I, I'm not expecting both teams to score. So I'd be, I'd be siding with BTTS no around 1.87. So a nil-nil draw would satisfy both of those. Um, a one-nil win either way would tickle the best bet. Um, and yeah, for me, that, that's, that's definitely the way I would be, would be going in this. Um, as I've said, the two best defensive teams in the league since Tuchel took over. Uh, Chelsea, they've conceded just four non-penalty big chances in 15 games in the league, which is an astonishing number. Um, Manchester City in that time have conceded eight, which is equally as impressive. So um, yeah, th- these two teams don't give up many chances, not, not many big high quality ones either. Um, and obviously the, the two attacks, Manchester City's attack is not as, as good as it was last season. You know, I'm 2.7 XG per, per game last season. It's now at two and Chelsea under two sure at 1.76. So they're not, they're not, you know, incredible attacking numbers, but defensively is, is the strong points. And ultimately it's going to be a midfield battle in my opinion, this one. I have it, Simo Werner, Olivier Giroud, which way is he going up top? Because Havertz actually, he looked good and obviously scored a couple of goals himself the previous weekend and looked good in midweek. I mean, Werner could not have missed that chance for love nor money. If he'd have missed that, I think it'd have just been, oh, I'd just go somewhere else, find another club and start again. Because there was been serious sort of mental problems, I think he only missed that. Um, but uh, that's, um, that's going to cause a bit of a conundrum for Tuchel particularly in this game, because he probably wants to see what he can... I mean, look, they know they're defensively solid. They know that. And they always have been since Tuchel came in, actually. They've looked really assured of themselves at the back. But up top, he's still probably got a few question marks, hasn't he? And if he's got the eyes on the prize, and the prize being the Champions League, he's probably, as we said in this dress rehearsal, just wanting to see who's going to ruffle a few feathers, but equally not wanting to give Pep too much of a look at somebody causing his own central defender's problems. It's so, it's so weird. I'd hate to be <laughs> Thomas Tuchel going into this because you've got this master tactician in Guardiola and also with so many players at his disposal as well. Admittedly, he's kept that sort of back, you know, that back line fairly similar actually throughout the season, hasn't he? But yeah, who's... Who's starting up top and is there any value in a, in a goal scorer in this betting um, market? Yeah, it's difficult to say really for both teams. I mean, City mm. play with a false nine quite often. Um, we saw Aguero start last weekend, which, you know, I think that was a bit of probably rest and rotation for some of the, um, you know, the, the, the likes of Mahrez and, uh, and Foden to head of that second leg. And Chelsea, they're fortunate enough to be able to do something similar really with, um, the, the sort of depth that they've got. You mentioned Giroud. They've got Tammy Abraham as well, who can play up there. Um, behind them, they've got, you know, Werner, Pulisic, Ziet, Callum Hudson, Adoy can sit in there. So they, they've, you know, they, they've got an absolute wealth of, um, of options to choose from both teams um, in every single position. So I wouldn't be at all surprised to see both teams field so-called second strings, um, just rest some of their players. I mean, Chelsea in particular, they've got a really, really tough run um, of fixtures now. From now to the end of the season, I mean, just, just reading them up. City away at the weekend. They play Arsenal in midweek at home. They play Leicester in the FA Cup final next weekend. They play Leicester again in the league before playing at Villa and then playing Manchester City in the Champions League final. So they effectively are playing, um, you know, a big six team in inverted commas every single week up until, or every three or four days up until that Champions League final. So um, luckily for them, like I said, they've got the team and squad to rotate, but uh, it does make you wonder what where his priorities are going to lie. Will he pick a full-strength team in this game, rest in the Arsenal game ahead of the FA Cup final, or you know, or, or the other way around? It, it, 
you know, the, the, these sorts of questions are to be asked. And, um, and I think is it, if I, if I was to have a bet in this game, a serious bet, I would definitely be waiting until team news is announced. But either way, I, I will be opposing goals. I think that's the best way into this one. B, uh, both teams to score no 1.87 value lies with Chelsea or a draw that's what you've heard from you there on that um, and that's basically sums it up perfectly I think so we're going to move on to Liverpool against Southampton quarter past eight this one should throw up something a little bit easier to predict than that game that we've just been going through I feel like I need to just just breathe slightly after talking about that Man City Chelsea one because there's so many things it can fry the mind a little bit, just trying to put your head, yourself in the sort of the head and shoes of Tuchel and Pet. Oh my word, don't envy that at all. But right, let's get our heads in the mind of Ralph and Jürgen because Liverpool 1.328 to win. This one on the nose draw is 5.87 and Southampton away out at 9.730. Hardly surprising, really. The info goal verdict is both teams to score. 1.862 with Pinnacle. Um, goal difference could prove a huge factor. It could be a really good opportunity for Liverpool to claw back some goal difference in terms of actual Europe qualification. I'm not sure how much of a part that will play, but either way, Jake, take it away. Yeah, this um, it, it's must win really for Liverpool, unless they are of the mindset that they don't want to finish in the top seven. If they, if they think they're going to finish outside of the Champions League and don't want to play in the Europa League or the Europa Conference League. So, you know, it, I, I can't say, see that being the case. I think they'll look at their fixture list and think it's very favourable compared to Chelsea's who currently sit fourth and, and, you know, win their game in hand and they're four points behind Chelsea, which is, you know, still a, still a needing Chelsea to lose you know, a couple of matches from now to the end of the season. But as we've said, their, their fixtures stacked up with some quality opponents as well. So, um, yeah, I think the, the price about Liverpool for me is just too short. It's just too short. I know they've, they've had a nice rest period given what happened last weekend with the United game being mm-hmm. called off. So they've got a nice couple of weeks there to, from the Newcastle match to, to rest and, you know, recuperate, if you like, ahead of this final push. But it is worth remembering that they've won just one of the last 10 at Anfield, which is uh, incredible, really, to think about. Um, Newcastle, the last team to go there and, and avoid defeat. Yeah, we, we spoke about this and, and Liverpool, they should have been two or three up at half-time yeah. in that game. Really unfortunate not to, um, not to have had that match sewn up. But yeah, they, they still look vulnerable defensively. Mm. They, you know, even in that Newcastle game, it was a prime example. They were 1-0 up with you know, six, seven minutes left. And for some reason, they decided to go and sit on the, the edge of their own box. They didn't play with the confidence to see the game out like we've seen in recent years, which would just be them keeping the football uh, and you know using the front three to chase the ball into channels and keep it high up the pitch. They sank back and, and got hit. So um, there are scars there. There, are, there is a big vulnerability in that heart of defence, which has been there all season. Um, and their attacking players really haven't fired as, as much as many would have hoped. Yeah. So... Um, so yeah, I think that both teams to score is probably the best way in for this one. You're looking at around 1.83. Um, Southampton themselves, obviously, they were quite fortunate, I thought, to get a point out of Leicester. Leicester created quite a few chances, missed them. Um, but they've got the quality in attack to cause a few issues and get on the score sheet. But again, defensively, they are so vulnerable. We've seen that week in, week out of, of late. Um, uh, away from home, allowing 1.8 expected goals against per game, which is one of the highest totals in the league. So it, it 
it's set up really for Liverpool to win this game. Um, they could win it quite handily, but I do think that both teams to score is, is probably the best bet. Nice bet. I like that. Southampton on a handicap with the fact that, look, they've got Vestergaard suspended. Minamino can't play against the parent club, as is the Premier League rules. But they did show a bit of grit there in that draw against Leicester. Much talked about and much hyped up. I've never heard it hyped up so much more than this season. I think I mentioned a few weeks ago, they were on about Leeds passing it. They weren't talking about, you know, you made the point, they weren't talking about Arsenal passing the 40-point mark. Um, but yeah, that's only one more win away for them. Um, with those two things in mind, and obviously factoring what you're saying, would you be tempted um, to be having Southampton on a bit of a handicap, maybe? Um, just purely because they've obviously got a bit of grit in their system and you know, Liverpool will leak it at the back. No, I don't trust this Southampton team to, enough to have take them on the handicap. Um, I think what I think what you said there, best to God, I think he got his red card overturned from last week, right? Which, which makes is. sense because it was a very was, bizarre sending off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, you will remember back to when Southampton were playing well. They were in the top four. Uh, they beat Liverpool, and Ralph Harson Hull was crying at the side of the pitch in you know emotion and jubilation, if you like. And since then, it's all gone horribly wrong. I think they've won two of the last 14 or 15 in the league since then. Um, uh, again, uh, I don't trust Southampton enough to, to take them on a plus one and a half handicap, which is what the line's set at at the moment. But I don't, again, I, I don't trust Liverpool enough to, to take them minus one and a half either. I won't be at all surprised if they won 2-1, but I wouldn't be surprised if they won 6-7-1. or You know, if, if they turned up, it would not surprise me one bit given what Southampton have shown recently. So, um, yeah, I, I'm happy just to sit with the both teams to score and, and to play it pretty safe in, in the mind that I think Southampton will get a gra- grab a goal against Liverpool. Both teams to score 1.83. That's what you've heard. That's the tip for this game. Now, get your ears around this because Villa against Manchester United at five past two. On Sunday is our next featured game here on the Premier League Insights podcast where we're hoping to give you the edge over the betting market. And Aston Villa, 4.64. A draw is at 3.97. Manchester United are 1.793. Reverse fixture ended 2-1 to United. It was actually a really close game, that one. It was a good game. Villa actually had chances to equalise, didn't they? you remember right up to that final whistle um a repeat of over 2.5 goals is 1.724 of course united are rested and probably not really what you want at this kind of stage of the season i mean is it i don't know i mean it's obviously for bizarre reasons um, which we won't particularly go into but is that something that i mean might it help might it help that i mean they won't be giving it in two weeks they'll be absolutely gasping for a rest but once they've played that massive run of games but I don't know. What, where, where do you see this one going, Jake? Give us, give yeah, us your it, insight. You've set it up well there because it is, it's another one of those games where you're trying to put yourself in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's shoes as to what he's going to do team-wise because um, you know they have this game against Villa, then they play Leicester on Tuesday, which is a fairly big clash. Leicester, uh, four points behind them in the league at the moment, and then they play Liverpool on the Thursday. So, you know, in between those games... Um, you know, they've got Roma on the Thursday, we're recording on the Thursday. They've got a comfortable lead, so they can rest and rotate, you would imagine, in that second leg. But yeah, it's just trying to figure out what he's going to do. Um, is, yeah. if, I, if 
if I was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I would absolutely play a full-strength team at Villa with the mindset being, get that three points on the board because then that takes you to 70 points. That would put you 12 points above West Ham in fifth having with four games left. So you would need just one more point to confirm Champions League football. Um, I know United obviously want to finish as high as possible, finish second, which I still think would be highly likely. But I would just go out, beat Aston Villa, and then it's more or less done and dusted top four from Manchester United standpoint. Then they can rotate and rest the following week as and when they want to. The other, you know, the other way of looking at it is if they do rest and rotate, the squad's still good enough to be able to go to Villa and win, you know, fairly comfortably, I, I would say. Um, especially a Jack Grealish less Aston Villa, which is what yeah. they currently are. Um and Villa since since Grealish's injury, um, they've posted a negative XG process, averaging one point four expected goals four per game, one point five expected goals against per game. And pre Grealish, it was around one point eight expected goals for and one point four against. So their attacking numbers have dropped considerably in Grealish's absence. So yeah, for me, I'm I'm just looking at the one um, X two market, and, and I think Manchester United are too big at one point eight. 1.81 on Pinnacle. I, I I think Manchester United could win this game um, and make a mockery of those odds, personally. I think um, they've got the quality. As I've said, if Solskjaer does pick a really strong team, they should blow Villa out the park because Villa are the perfect kind of opponent for United, if you think about it. Villa are always playing on the front foot. That's what makes them so really entertaining to watch. They play on the front foot and that should leave space for United um, to, to sort of do their thing. Um, you know, it's been said loads of times this season that United do struggle against those low, deep-lying blocks, the likes of Crystal Palace, where they're going to manage nil-nil draws. Um, but yeah, I think I feel like Aston Villa will have a go. They've still got aspirations, are, are very slim aspirations of Europe themselves. So um, that it should be an entertaining game. I quite like the over two and a half that you mentioned as well. I think that's yeah. got every chance. Um, but for me, the, my, my best bet in this one is just backing United at 1.81. Nice. That's quite good, isn't it? And both teams have scored in Villa's last five matches, actually. Yeah. Let's not, I forgot to one. mention the United are, are the away kings at the minute, aren't they? Unbeaten in 24 away Premier League matches, which is astonishing. Amazing. Are they yeah. going to keep that going until the end of this season? Well, that's a good question. I'd best get up the fixtures, aren't I? Yeah, what go and have a look. Have, have, have a little gander whilst then I'll, I'll give you a little bit of time to do that. Yeah. Um, We've got um, Villa and Wolves are the only two away games you've got left. So there's a good chance that they mm-hmm. could do that, which yeah. would be incredible. A full season unbeaten. Um, and obviously that would extend it to 26. Uh, sorry, 25. Yeah, yeah. 26 away 26, games. Which yeah, is, 26. Would be madness. Um, but yeah, I, they, I think they're a team just well suited to the away style, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Be that's a, a bit more space in the attack, in the counter attack, than yeah. you usually get. Um, yep, that is it. That is it. So United to just win, basically. Um, <laughs> and you are slightly tempted by the over 2.5 goals, which is also, I mean, fairly similar odds, actually. So. That's uh, that's interesting. So nice work, Jake. And uh, we've got one more featured game to go through here on the Premier League Insights podcast for game week 35. And it's West Ham versus Everton, half past four. Everton, are they a, a, a completely different kettle of fish away from home to, <laughs> to at Goodison? Because I think they probably are. Otherwise, their league position would be completely, I mean, it, they'd be miles down, wouldn't they? If they had that, if they had sort of similar home form away from home, just to quickly outline the odds before we get Jake's thoughts. Actually, is uh, West Ham are two point three seven zero. A draw is just over three and a half, and Everton are two point three nine zero. So fairly similar 
odds. It's quite a difficult one to pick from just looking purely at odds, but you'll have lots of other numbers that will help us here, Jake. Uh, the info goal analyst verdict is bet on West Ham to win. And uh, West Ham did actually, got to say, kept themselves in top four contention uh, with that come from behind victory um, against Burnley on Monday. So confidence high in the David Moyes camp. And Jake, you're going to tell me that West Ham are probably the team to bet on or certainly to be on side with. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they're, they're definitely the team that I'd be more wanting to back than Everton. Uh, we, we spoke about Everton's numbers at home last week. The numbers away um, are not much better, if I'm honest. The, the results obviously are. They've, they've been quite fortunate in that case to pick up as many points as they have so far this season away from home. Um, yeah, they, they, they've just become a, a really difficult team to watch. Um, and based on expected points away from home, they, they sit as the 12th best away team in the Premier League, despite having the fourth best record, which sort of shows you the disparity in, in you know, over uh, the overperformance that they've managed, um, which is unsustainable over the course of a, of a full season. Um, really struggled to create chances on the road, 1.26 expected goals for per game. Uh, and away from home, they've also been fairly vulnerable at the back, 1.4 expected goals against the game. So a negative XG process away from home, despite winning 10 of their 16 um, away that's, matches. That's absolutely baffling, isn't it? I mean, they you could actually argue that they've got really lucky this season to be where they are. I mean, you look at West Ham and everybody's waxing lyrical about West Ham. I mean, fair enough. I mean, they don't, you could argue they only just narrowly kind of avoided being in a really close relegation scrap towards the back end of last season. I mean, they did really, they avoided relegation fairly narrowly. And now that they are three points behind Chelsea West Ham, as you've mentioned, actually. Chelsea have got to play Arsenal and Leicester in that run-in. So actually, West Ham look great. They look like sneaking into that top four. Everton, six points behind their opponent. They're only six. They've been lucky, haven't they? Because just, there's no productivity there. They've nicked results from nowhere. Yes, exactly. They've, they've, they've been extremely fortunate. They've relied on a, a defence to sort of get box on shots. They've relied on Pickford at times. Um, and they've relied on clinical finishing, which, you know, for, for, for the start of the season, Dominic Carvalhoon was doing that. It was. Um, mm. Mid part of the season, it was Richarlison. And at the moment, no one's doing it, which is why they're not winning matches. Um, yeah, that was to be expected, really. They, they're taking chances that they probably shouldn't have. And they're not creating big enough chances. So ultimately, the, the, the scoring rate's going to decrease as the season's progressed, and that's what's happened. And, um, you know, if you couple Everton's overperformance, uh, especially away from home, in with the fact that West Ham have got the, the second best home record in the entire Premier League, then all of a sudden the odds around West Ham to win do look really interesting. Um, 31 points from 17 home matches this season, West Ham. Nine wins in that time. Um, only Manchester City have collected more points at home than the Hammers. Um, and yeah, they're probably going to be missing Declan Rice again for this game, but I still think that they are um, they're, they are a bet. Um, the home process has been solid. 1.5 expected goals for, 1.4 against per game. So positive expected goal process. Um, and yeah, they're coming off a, a really strong performance against Burnley from an attacking standpoint, but they too were very vulnerable at the back, conceding 2.2 XG in that game to um, to the Clarets before that, and Chelsea put two XG past them as well. 
Newcastle put two XG past them as well. So they are vulnerable defensively, but they are scoring goals, which is something that West Ham, uh, sorry, that Everton aren't doing. Um, so yeah, if, if I was to, if I were to take uh, one team to win, it would be West Ham at 2.37. I think that's a, I think that's too big. I'd have them probably close to 2.1. Uh, but I also think the goal line is, is interesting for a bet as well. Uh, over two and a half at 1.91 is something that I, I think could be, yeah, I think that could be really, really... You've seen West Ham's games recently, haven't we? Let's mm-hmm. be honest. I mean, three threes, three twos all over the board, a two-one last week. Um, so yeah, I think that over two and a half could be um, a real runner in this, as is both teams to score, to be fair, given um, the way in which West Ham have been defending and, and creating of late. So a high-scoring West Ham win is what I'll be going for in that one. Nice. Well, we can hope then that that, comes in because I think it I can't I can't disagree with any of that looking at it and that's the gut feeling I get I tend to be kind of very much gut feeling here on this podcast and Jake you um, well disagree with me or agree with me depending on what the numbers say uh, info goals picks of the weekend are there any n- other notable markets from the other games uh, I'll, well, I'll give you a bit of thinking time Jake uh, just to, to make a couple of selections I'll run through the games that we've not mentioned so Friday, Leicester, Newcastle, Saturday, Blades against Crystal Palace. Sunday sees, uh, sees Wolves host Brighton at Molyneux. Emirates is where Arsenal will be hosting West Brom. And on Monday, Burnley travel to Craven Cottage to play against Fulham. I suspect that you might be having a little n- nosy at the Fulham game, but I might be wrong. There might be other things that leap out at you. I mean, <laughs> I suspect that there's probably a bit of value in somewhere on Leicester, Newcastle, Jake. So anyway, I'll let you do that. I'll stop just guessing what you're going to pick out for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the, the, the Blades Palace game's interesting because you're getting Palace at around 2.5, but that's the shortest that they've been away from home all season. Um, and they're effectively on the beach. They're not playing for anything. And Sheffield United have won a couple uh, of the last three or four home matches themselves. So I definitely wouldn't be going near Crystal Palace at that price. Um, Matt obviously could look very, very stupid come next week um, <laughs> if Sheffield United throw in a uh, you know another stinker but um, I, I don't, don't think Crystal Palace are anywhere near the, the sort of level capable of, of really dominating that match uh, Wolves-Brighton is interesting from a goals perspective Wolves obviously renowned as being a low scoring team very um, negative in terms of the way they set up Brighton themselves only Chelsea and Manchester City have got a better defensive process uh, from an XG standpoint than Brighton since Thomas Tuchel took over. I'm using that as a barometer because obviously Chelsea are a completely different team. Um, and it's in, in that time as well, Brighton have only conceded eight non-penalty big chances. So um, opposing goals there is is the way I'm going to go with that one. Under two on the Asian line at 2.12. I mean, this is exactly two goals. We get our stake back. If there's one goal, we get a winner. If there's no goals, we also get a winner. Um, and yeah, given the state of the table, I think Brighton probably only need one point to guarantee survival, in my, um, given what is expected to happen for West Brom in particular, and, and obviously Fulham who play Monday night. And that's the other one I probably would look at is Burnley plus 0.5 on the Asian handicap. It's around 1.71. It's a little bit shorter than what I would have. No, nah, to be fair, it's not. I would have probably got back to it at 1.6. Fulham are that bad. Um, Burnley, are, Burnley are playing really well as well, which is um, yeah, you know, no, another real positive. Obviously, the results haven't been there. Lost for for the last five, but they're creating um, a bit though, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. You know, you just have to reel it off. I mean, Newcastle at home, two point three xg. United away, they put up, we created one xg, um, which is you know pretty decent. At Old Trafford, given what we've seen recently, uh, two point one xg at Wolves. 
2.2 xG against West Ham, so they are creating chances. And and you know, if Burnley, if Burnley beat Fulham, it literally would be. I think that would be curtains for Fulham. Maybe not got to be quite mathematically, given that Newcastle would still be um, there thereabouts. But yeah, that that would be pretty much relegation sorted if Burnley were to get a result there, and I, and I think they will. Jake, absolute pleasure. Thanks, mate. As always, that's game week 35 covered, boxed off. We'll be running through it next week. And well, we don't stop there because we've got so much coming up. I mean, I love that phrase on the beach, by the way. We're, ne- <laughs> we're nowhere near the beach, are we here on, uh, on the Pinnacle podcast? Oh no, it's raining here. <laughs> Get the umbrellas out. <laughs> love to hear it. Jake, thanks so much. We'll run through some of those picks. I hope that you, if you've listened to the end of this podcast, um, it bears some fruit for you and you've picked up some useful stuff. Just to recap, Leeds on side. Um, the value lies with Chelsea or a draw in their match against a Manch- uh, against Manchester City in that dress rehearsal, as we've been calling it, for the Champions League final. But then again, it's a bit of a conundrum. Uh, much easier, though, both teams to score. Liverpool, Southampton at Anfield. That was a good value on Pinnacle at 1.83. United... Um, Certainly on side and uh, against Villa and West Ham to win or over 2.5 goals because it's just like an absolute goal fest. David Moyes must love it at the moment. It's, it's anti Moyes football, though, isn't it? It is. He's it's so bizarre. Like one nils, yeah. It's so bizarre, but he's found a new lease of life with West Ham who were pushing that for that top four place. So they've got the bit between the teeth there or both teams to score. And uh, some other picks as well from Jake, which you've just been hearing about from the other games in the market this weekend. Now, just a reminder, you can go to that info goal model if you're wondering what it's all about or you just want to have a nosy and waste a couple of hours on it weekly like I do. It's uh, www.infogoal.net. And just a reminder, I did plug it at the start, but there's so much of the stuff going on as well at pinnacle.com. And that's where we can find all the odds. And also for followers, just for other updates, the bits on podcasts, articles, tips, at Pinnacle on Twitter. Gamble responsibly, of course. And remember, the, the odds that we've been running through are obviously subject to change from the time of recording. But thanks for listening to Game Week 35 on the Premier League Insights Podcast.